You're listening to the Concession Stand Podcast on the Orbital Jigsaw Network. From movies and tech to WWE and video games, come let your geek flag fly with your hosts, Nick Howe and Andy Nelson. Welcome back to the Concession Stand. This is episode number 32, and I am your host, Nick Howell. With me, as always, Mr. Andy Nelson. How are you, sir? I am good. Episode number 32. Uh, there is one number 32 that I think gets the 32. Um, I immediately think of Magic Johnson. Oh, very nice. Yeah, he's uh, probably the best number 32 that ever played uh, any sport. Um, I can think of Jonathan Quick, the goalie, but uh, that's my hockey brain going to work. But uh, <laughs> yeah. Magic Johnson is uh, is is basketball, and uh, if you take that number and you think of anybody, it's that guy, uh, and he's what he's given to the game, what he's given to the city of Los Angeles. Um, Magic Johnson, you get a Stone Cold salute. I said, give me a hell yeah. Mm-mm-mm. All right, so here's the thing. This week, um, I went and so the, over the weekend, we went with the girls and saw uh, Smurfs. Um, I grew up liking the Smurfs, I, I think. I remember, you know, la, 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 Gargamel la, la, and la, his cat. Yeah. yeah. So they, they did that like uh, Smurfs movie where it was like them and like, uh, like the chipmunk style with yeah. Doogie Howser uh, a couple years ago or Neil Patrick Harris. Uh, this one was a fully animated thing, and I, I guess it was good, but I slept through the uh, the last hour of it, and I woke up, and the kids were tapping me on the shoulder, and the credits were going. <laughs> okay. Um, apparently, I wasn't the only one that didn't really care for it. Uh, it didn't do too well in the box office. Boss Baby, the other animated movie, beat it this weekend. Um, but yeah, um, Smurfs. I saw it. It didn't blow me away, but the kids liked it, so if you have kids and you want to try and teach the Smurfs thing to them, you can. I don't know what they'll think of it, but... Right. It's bright and colorful, and there's funny things in it, but not enough to keep me awake. My brain was all, and, and I know we don't talk about it much on this show, but this week uh, is sports week for me. You have opening. I love day. how every week we say we don't talk about sports, and I then know, we mention sports, I know. Right? and we always we always give the number to an actual sports guy yes. usually. But yes. uh, uh, this week was opening day of baseball. The Cubs hung the banner, and tonight uh, the NHL playoffs started. So this is a big fun week for me. You know, fantasy baseball, oh, yeah. and I'm you know we're both big baseball guys and big hockey guys, so. That's where most of my my TV time has gone this week. Um, nice. But yeah, what about you? Uh, well, first and foremost, being a, a North Carolinian, I, w- I have to give a shout out to the Tar Heels oh, for winning again. the uh, <laughs> NCAA National Championship. Yeah. March Madness. Yeah. Uh, congratulations, UNC. Uh, doing, doing us Carolinians proud on yet another championship. Um, the Overwatch update is amazing. It's okay. called Uprising. We'll talk about that in our video game section later. And I've been playing the hell out of that the last couple of days. Uh, really, really good. Uh, a couple of movies I watched this week. Um, I went back and saw some of the last remaining Oscar contenders that I had missed in, in their season. I finally saw Hidden Figures. All right. Um, which is, if you like Kevin Costner, if you like that kind of 60s uh, cinema, what the look of it and the feel of it and everything, um, it's fant- and if you're a sci-fi geek, it's fantastic. Uh, it crosses kind of a couple of those boundaries of discrimination, uh, that we really don't like talking about in the modern era, but we need to address and yeah. you know, respect that they were there. Uh, the other one I saw was Fences. And basically all I'm going to say about this is, uh, for those in the know, you know that it's adapted from a play. It's very dialogue heavy. So if you're expecting like big set pieces and big action sequences, this isn't the film for that. 
but it is probably one of the better dialogue-driven dramas that I've seen in a really long time. All right. And, and Denzel Washington absolutely deserved that Best Actor Award. Okay. Uh, he, he absolutely killed it. So if for nothing else, go watch Denzel's performance in Fences. Uh, you know, it, it's absolutely fantastic. Yeah, both of those movies are on my ever-growing stack of things to watch, uh, but we need to get into some more TV and movies. Okay, we need to talk about this Thor Ragnarok trailer. Yes, we do. Because, oh my God. It, we've speculated that it was going to include the Planet Hulk story. We've speculated on where they were going to go with this. Uh, you know, Thor: The Dark World was arguably a, a disaster, depending on where how you think of that. Anyway, but we, we, I gotta we, say, this yeah. looks like a lot of fun. Yeah, and the other thing we've done is make jokes about the Thor haircut and like uh, Goblin looking like Magatu from yes. uh, Zoolander. But <laughs> when you see this trailer, it's like, wow, this is gonna be like a lot of fun. It seems like very tongue in cheek. And yeah. I, I just I love how this 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 trailer comes out, and we can't really say much about it. You need to see it for yourself. Uh, there is definitely uh, a Hulk versus Thor thing coming, and who doesn't want to see that uh, this Thanksgiving ish time? Yeah, my favorite part of the whole trailer was the uh, when they they did the reveal of Hulk. Yeah, I know. I'm going to assume at this point that you've seen the trailer by the time you listen to this. But yeah. um, hey, oh hey, I know that guy. <laughs> yeah, I know him from work. I know that guy from work. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was genius. <laughs> yeah. the way that he that he delivered that. So yeah, Thor Ragnarok looks like it's a lot of fun. Getting back to the roots of of being fun there. Yeah. Uh, other Marvel news, but on the on the Fox side, uh, Deadpool two uh, has cast Josh Brolin as Cable. Now, hang on, I thought this was going to be our good Taco Bell patron Nathan Fillion because I uh, thought that role was filled. Uh, nope, uh, apparently it's going to be Josh Brolin. That's official. So Josh Brolin is going to play Thanos on the Marvel Cinematic Universe Disney side, and on the Fox side, in the Deadpool, he's going to play Cable. Now, for those of you people that don't know Cable, Deadpool and Cable are kind of like a, a team up sort of thing that they had their own separate. Uh, comic cable is very much like a like a big gun sort of like duke nukem style kind of guy yes. but he's also uh cyclops's brother i don't know if you knew that ah i did yeah. not know that okay so that's that's uh that's you know we'll see where this goes but yeah nathan fillion would have been nice but uh josh brolin uh he's very entrenched now in the marvel universe um we talked about the box office busts over the weekend that being smurfs boss baby uh doing uh better than smurfs and we also talked about last week how the Ghost in the Shell thing just isn't happening for uh, the box office. Um, you and I talked about a little bit of of we're kind of in this like lull, this mid March thing of like Beauty and the Beast and Boss Baby and Smurfs and like all these happy like family movies. We've both speculated, yes, maybe it's because spring break is happening and kids and families are going to go see the movies. But you know what? This weekend the summer movie season really kicks off. Now we've said, you know, Logan and, you know, Kong Skull John Wick 2. Yeah, yeah, like those seem like summer movies, but Fast and the Furious 8, 10, whatever. Fate you know, of the Furious. Fate of the Furious, whatever yeah. this is. That's the, to me, that is the, is the, like the, the, the starter pistol. Yeah. You know, like summer movie kicks off, you know, and go. We're off. Yeah. And I don't know anything. About, I've seen the first Fast and Furious movie and I probably should have seen all the other ones because they look like a lot of fun, but this one, it's got all the pieces of everything I want. Rock, Kurt Russell, uh, ships, uh, them. Like, what do you think? Don't Submarines you, yeah, exploding exactly. out of ice. That's a know? summer movie to me. I want to go to, I, I will pay $15 to go see all that stuff explode. Why not? Right? Well, I mean, to address your first point, I mean, this was kind of a, a family friendly overload in the last month. And I think in a, in a way it's like too much. No, no family of four, you know, married with two and a half kids demographic is going to go see 
four movies in a month that are targeted at kids. And I, I think you're right. That I, I almost did. The, we haven't well, seen Boss Baby yet, but yeah. <laughs> the original scheduling, sure, was probably looking at yeah. sp- that being that two-week period of spring break. Yep. Um, but I think Beauty and the Beast, you know, they jumped the gun on it. They, they jumped the gun and they've dominated the past month yeah. uh, at the box office. So, uh, Boss Baby did marginally well, but it didn't blow anything out of the water. Ghost in the Shell has been a disaster. Uh, and I hear Smurfs has been the same thing. Yeah, I so. still want to see Ghost. At, wait, did, wait, did, did hear that? All aboard! Oh. Star Wars hype train's leaving the station, all aboard! Oh, man, this is the biggest Star Wars hype train ever. <laughs> because the Star Wars hype train is about to turn into the Star Wars like bullet train that oh, goes yes. across the country in 25 seconds. We are on the eve of Star Wars Celebration in Orlando, where tomorrow, by the time this airs, or we put it up online, tomorrow, when we record this, more than likely, we will get the Last Jedi trailer at the beginning of Star Wars Celebration. So that's the first thing we need to bring up, in addition to all the Star Wars news oh, yes. that we don't know about. So next week is going to be the Star Wars hype train, probably the entire show, but yeah, uh, we're going to talk about a number of things. We uh, might have to make a video to break down the whole uh, the <laughs> yeah. whatever's in the trailer. Yeah. We get a full two and a half minute trailer yeah. tomorrow. That's going to be a whole show in and of itself. Absolutely. Just because I think this because historically, like when they did the one in Anaheim here a couple of years ago, yep. uh, before Force Awakens came out, the first thing they did was like J.J. Abrams and Kathleen Kennedy and John Boyega and all these people were on the big stage like, welcome to Star Wars Celebration. Here's BB-8. And they rolled out like a real BB-8 onto the stage. Oh. And they're like, oh, yeah, we're glad you're all here. Oh, by the way, here's the Force Awakens like super trailer. And everybody went crazy. Yep. I was at that thing. I wasn't in the room when that happened. But I watched... Like, we were all watching on our phones the live broadcast of this thing, like, in this big, like, queue of, like, 10,000 people to get into this building. <laughs> and I, I I was seeing grown men cry when when <laughs> when, uh, when, uh, when uh, the final shot is like, Chewie, we're home. You know, like that thing? Yes. So, yeah. So, uh, I can't imagine what's going to happen in Orlando tomorrow. Well, speaking of which, speaking yeah. of Han Solo. Oh, yeah. Uh, a little bit of hype and rumor and speculation has come out that his last name might actually be... Ren. Right, because last week we talked about uh, the rumor that in the Han Solo standalone movie that we're going to find out that his name really isn't Han Solo. So you're right. Yes. Uh, this sort of rumor that his last name might be Ren, which maybe makes the Kylo Ren thing make sense, but there's something that, that's not quite right about this. Yeah, is this plausible? I mean, because this was originally started by uh, a user named Kazefra on the uh, Reddit thread, uh, subreddit fan theories, and so credit where credit's due, but is this plausible? I mean, how would this work? And and where do the old Knights of Ren come into this when 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 you're talking about this whole possibility? I, I, I really want to take a minute to kind of think this through with two Star Wars geeks. Like, is this really plausible? I think it is. I mean, if the Knights of Ren are the Knights of Kylo Ren, I mean, it could be. Oh, this is from like old lore. We don't like know. Old Republic we, stuff, we I don't think, know. Right? No, I've never heard of Knights of Ren before. Oh, we, okay. I mean, we could check Wikipedia, but I don't, I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, another Han Solo uh, note um, for those of you that have, are familiar with these bad lip reading uh, funny videos that they do on YouTube where they take scenes from movies and they have people like actually read the lips of the people reading stuff and then make up these ridiculous scripts that they say. Uh, they did one this week. Uh, from Force Awakens, where Mark Hamill actually did uh, Han Solo's voice in a bunch of like uh, parts from uh, Force Awakens. And if you haven't seen this, look it up. It is one of the funniest things I've seen in the last couple months. I don't know. Yoda singing the seagull <laughs> song is pretty... <laughs> that, was pretty that, was, that was pretty good. That, pretty that good. might be my favorite one still yeah. to this date. So, hey, we, we talked about um, Carrie Fisher kind of being retired from the, from the cinematic universe at this point. 
uh, episode eight was going to be her, or, or I guess uh, the end of Rogue One was going to be her last CGI based appearance, right? And yeah. after her passing, uh, they they basically said yes, she is in episode eight a little bit, uh, but she will not be in episode nine. This was Disney that came out and said we will not digitally recreate her or do anything. We are going to honor her, and you know we're all like yes, absolutely, do whatever we agree, Disney. But <laughs> yeah, but. Now it turns out she is actually going to be in episode nine, but with the blessings of the family. Yeah, her brother uh, and her daughter. Yeah, have all have all come forward and said, "Yep, we have our blessing." And so Carrie Fisher, we're not done with her yet. Yeah, uh, in twenty nineteen, we're going to get or twenty eighteen. Uh, I would be twenty nineteen. Nineteen. Uh, we are going to get Carrie Fisher again in episode nine. So we don't know if they're going to take footage from what they've shot for episode eight and somehow turn that into something, or maybe even with the the technological advances that they had in Rogue One, add two years of more technology to yeah. that if they could uh, recreate her again. Uh, there's a really cool thing on. Um, the extras on the Rogue One, uh, either digital or Blu-ray, where they show you the process of recreating that Leia scene yep. with the actress that did it. Really neat stuff. So if you get a chance to check that out. Very cool. Um, hey, did, speaking of Rogue One, did you know it was originally conceived as a TV show? I didn't know this until I found that article, but go ahead. Yeah. So this is interesting to me. And they described it. It was one of the writers that initially came up with the concept for... Uh, we, we know the backstory that it was an editor that came up that with the the idea that we needed uh, to do Rogue One or one of these some it's the visual VFX guy. yeah the VFX guy the guy that yeah. also created Photoshop Ex- uh, yeah, that's right John Knoll so one of the ideas that was pitched was that we create a Mission Impossible esque kind of TV series where they're trying to break into the most secure installation in the galaxy uh, on Scarif to steal these dar- these uh, uh, Death Star plans. And I think that could have really worked, but apparently as they worked through the story and the concepts, it just yeah, they were pretty locked in with what they were going to make Rogue One to be as a film. Yeah, how would you do that over a number of episodes? I don't know, but yeah, I mean, I get it. You could have like a dirty dozen style of, of Rogue people. Yeah, that would have been cool. You, you, could just, you dive deeper into the rebellion and all of that kind of stuff, right? It's not, um, to, it's not to say they couldn't create a TV show out of like Cassian or yeah. some of the other characters before we get to the moments in Rogue One, which, you know, certainly that is ripe for... For content, but I, I don't know. Yeah, Disney execs are on record saying that they definitely want to do a live-action Star Wars TV show or series at some point. Um, but, I mean, with the slate as full of Star Wars movies as it is currently, that's that's a long ways off yeah. at, at what we're looking at. Uh, last couple of little things here. We had some new books that are, that are going to be coming out. Uh, I think this one, the 40 stories of 40 years of, of Star Wars, is going to be available at... The Star Wars Celebration in Orlando yep. starting tomorrow. Uh, this is basically 40 different uh, characters, like minimal characters from the Cantina or a Star Trooper or cool. all those people telling their inside stories of the original trilogy and, and working on those. So that's one. I, that's definitely going to be on my bookshelf. I'm assuming the art and the photos and everything that's going to be in it are just spectacular as well. Yeah, I mean, it's, they have so much stuff in the archives yeah. that they can, they can pull from. Um, I mean, yeah, we are. this is the 40th anniversary, uh, 1977 to this year. So May 25th or whatever it is of this year is the 40th anniversary of the release of Star Wars. Damn. Crazy to think of that because I'm going to be 41 this year. Um, the other thing, uh, as far as books go, uh, do you remember we talked uh, – how familiar are you with the with the series of books, the Thrawn trilogy that came out like in the late uh, mid nineties, like around the time I was graduating high school? They start. It was Heir to the Empire, Dark Force Rising, and Last Command. There was this trilogy of books that took place after uh, Return of the Jedi that told you what happened to all of our favorite characters, and they created this uh, character, Grand Admiral Thrawn, that was this awesome like Imperial um, commander kind of guy, and yeah. uh, 
he was just like tactical and like interesting and and all the fans fell in love with him and they it was a series of things and then just before force awakens came out they disney was like nope all that expanded universe all those books that happened after return of the jedi it's all gone it doesn't matter we'll just call that the fun universe that you can but that's not and the internet lost its mind and that's not canon anymore however of all of those characters and all of those things that happened and all the kids that that luke and leia and han and everybody had um the only character that actually survived out of that was grand admiral thrawn who would now appears in star wars rebels and i haven't gotten to those episodes yet where he's in it but so because he's in star wars rebels he is a part of star wars canon so uh Mm. Long story short, there is a now another book just called Thrawn, written by Timothy Zahn, the guy who wrote those original books and created that character, sort of this character's backstory. So this this character from the Expanded Universe that is a big um, uh, fan favorite, we yeah. now get to find out a little bit of a backstory about him. And I want That is read so it. cool. Yeah. Uh, I, I, and it's cool for Timothy Zahn because I, I'm wondering how much of the work that he did writing those original novels uh, in the 90s is going to be translate into the, this book. Yeah, I, don't know. I think there's a lot of it that probably still holds up. Sure. Uh, today that he could just copy and paste and you know expand on that story a little bit. That's awesome. So he is the Grand Admiral Thrawn is the one character that survived the original trilogy or or the books you said that. Were yeah, destroyed? because okay, so so um, in here's an example. So in the in the in that crazy universe, we're talking like forty or fifty like books, right? Yep. Han and Leia had twin kids named Jason and Jaina. Uh, Jason went bad and became a dark Jedi, similar to the Kylo Ren thing. Um, Luke and Mara Jade. Mara Jade is another character that was a very popular like uh, girl that was like a, a emperor's hand, and like a, and then her and Luke fell in love, even though Jedi's can't do that. And then they had a kid named Ben Skywalker. Like all that stuff. It sounds really cool, right? If you want to go read all this stuff, you can read it, but none of it like. None of it counts. It'll never be referenced in the right, film, right? In, it was in the lore. And for twenty years, I like I read all these things and just enjoyed this universe. And it went to comics, and like it was so cool. But yeah, then there were the like, nope, doesn't happen. Yeah, it does, if, have fun with that, but it's, it doesn't mean anything. And you know how religious Star Wars fans are about oh, all yeah. the lore. So when you take that huge chunk of lore and you and you basically gut it. It was a, it was a, it was a you know, like a punch to the gut, really. I wonder know? how much of that was Disney Lucasfilm and how much of it was JJ. Uh, who knows? If I'm being I, honest. I don't, it's, it had nothing to do with JJ. It was all Disney, and they <laughs> they just want they want to have they want to make a, a coherent story, and, and yeah. they're and they're doing that with what they're doing. But yeah, so it's it, you know sometimes you have to you have to chop some of that stuff out. I get that; it makes sense. Hey, um, did you know that Anthony Hopkins considers Michael Bay? To be a genius. When I read this, I was like, "What?" I mean, this is Sir Anthony Hopkins. This is Hannibal Lecter. This is like one of the one of the most celebrated actors. I mean, he's a knight. It's Sir Anthony Hopkins. This yes. is one of the most celebrated actors of our time, and he just happens to be in this uh, uh, Transformers Last Night K N I G H T movie. He's saying that Michael Bay is a genius. <laughs> I agree with him. Okay, and a lot of people are gonna disagree with this but i i want you for a second to forget about the transformers movies i know that's going to be hard because that's all a lot of us remember michael bay for in the last 10 years or so right but forget about those and put those aside he made pain and gain which depending on your subjective opinion it's a fantastic film it's it's very well shot it's it's a good right and it's it, it plays really well it has some controversial topics but Wahlberg and the rock are a lot of fun to watch in that film Need I mention The Rock? Yeah. Speaking of The Rock, how about his film, The Rock? 
arguably one of the best action dramas of all time. For sure. One of my favorite movies. And then you go into Bad Boys. Whether or not you liked that kind of... Bad Boys was first, yeah. It, that Bad Boys is where I think Michael Bay found his groove. Yeah. He found his color. He found his he became, filter. He, be, he became a movie director at he that point. He became a movie director. He was all commercials at that point. Do I think he's a genius? No. Do I think he is a is, has his own style and he has created a Michael Bay... like? When when you say like Kubrick had his style, Spielberg has his style. You can say Michael Bay has his style. And Michael Bay has put his stamp at the box office and on everything he touches. You know it's a Michael Bay movie. Do I think he's a genius? No. Do I think he's made some amazing movies and has done stuff to change the game? Yes, I do. Yep. Uh, it's it's taking I don't know the the look of a music video and applying it to a oh. fast action fun movie and that works that's a really good formula and I don't know that anybody had uh, had really nailed that and before. it keeps working it yeah. keeps working whether Absolutely. or not whether or not we're like ah, transfer, well, I'm still gonna go see it of course yeah of course well let's talk about some stuff around Disney um, going back to the Disney Lucasfilm stuff but not necessarily Lucasfilm let's talk about Disney specifically uh, The Rock came out and announced that uh, his production company along with uh, Danny I can't remember what her name is that run they co-run his production company it's his, it's his ex-wife oh, oh yes yeah. okay uh, they uh, they have officially gotten Jungle Cruise to be green lit now for the listeners that are maybe not so Disneyland savvy can you give us uh, uh, some backstory on Jungle Cruise and what we might expect out of a film? So, okay, so if you've never been to Disneyland or Disney World, one of the most famous rides is this thing called the Jungle Cruise. So you get in a boat, and you get in a boat with about, eh, I'd say, 30 people, and there's a there's a guy driving the boat. It's in a safari hat, and he's got like a, like a, like a, he's a tour guide, so he tells you jokes as you as you uh, go along like a little river kind of thing, and there's these animatronic like hippopotamuses and lions and things that jump out and things shoot at you, and you eventually end back up where you got on the boat, and you've gone on the Jungle Cruise. Okay. So they're going to turn this whole jungle adventure into a movie. Which is doable, because isn't that the basis of how they made the Pirates it's, of the Caribbean? Anything is doable if you put the rock in it, right? Oh, just, sure. The guy, is just he just prints money, and he just makes <laughs> things good. He saves franchises, uh, you know. But you know you can't go wrong. He's got that kind of Samoan South South Pacific kind of look to him, Pacific Islander kind of yeah, look, right? Yeah, and and it it works in the in a jungle setting like that. So sure. uh, you look, Disney's just they they have a giant money printing press over at Disney and Burbank <laughs> yeah, right now. Yeah, and I don't I don't know that it's ever going to stop printing money at this at this pace that they keep up. No. Hey, one more thing about Star Wars. Um, there's a, a fan club at Disney known as D twenty three. Yep. And they have announced that they intend at the D23 Expo this year, uh, which will be on July 14th, uh, they intend to induct Mark Hamill, Stan Lee, and Carrie Fisher into the Disney Legends Hall of Fame. Yeah, think of like the D uh, the D23 Expo. Think of it as like Disney Con, yeah. essentially. That's what it is. But yeah, they they're going to induct those three people, and those are three like titans in in uh, in now that Disney owns all those properties. Now that Disney owns yeah. Lucasfilm and Marvel, <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So it's like, <laughs> oh, we're going to make these people legends. Oh, sure, it's it's a no brainer. Yeah. Uh, well, speaking of rolling out things, uh, <laughs> HBO uh, gave us a little teaser this week, and they did a a fashion shoot, fashion show yeah. with all of the current costumes that are going to be in in the new episodes starting this summer. Everything's really dark. Did you notice that? It's all, the all pictures, black and browns. Yeah, it's interesting. Other than uh, Maester, whatever his name is. I can't remember. The eunuch. Whatever. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, uh, Varys. Varys, yes. His is still the same, like, silk robes that he had. But, uh, yeah, everybody else is, like, black leather and furs and browns. And I think it's going to be good. I, what I read into that as Game of Thrones fans is the Stark kids are going to go home to Winterfell. And they're going to take over. 
uh, Winterfell. You've got Jon Snow is now the king of the north, has taken over that side of things. Um, uh, Sansa's got a, got a stake in the game too now. Absolutely. I think you're going to see Arya return. I think you're going to see Bran return to Winterfell, and it's going to be the reunion of the, of the Stark children to basically rebuild this northern empire and really just go and... I'm speculating, but Jon Snow and Daenerys seems to be the common fan yep, fiction yep, yep, uh, yep. kind of speculation of, of we'll who's going to take over. So we're seeing a, a, a potential collaboration between the two with her coming in off the shore and him coming down from the north to take over uh, King's Landing. You have to wonder if, if this story, the way it's going, is going to be, is it the battle for the Iron Throne or is it... All of these three sides, the the, the Lannisters, yep. the Daenerys, and the Jon Snow, the all, factions. they all have to come together at some point and learn to work against this common enemy of the White Walkers. Yep. So maybe that's where we're going with it, and that's why they're all dressed the same. I don't know. I can't wait. We're a couple of months away, July 16th. Bring it. Can't get here fast enough. All right, so next up, we got to talk about Netflix. Uh, we mentioned a couple of episodes ago that they were changing the rating system from the five stars to the thumb up, thumbs down, and we were kind of, you know, pretty pretty okay with that and uh, liked the idea of it. Uh, apparently, the launch of it hasn't gone so well, though, and, and here's why. I've, I've watched a few things on Netflix since we talked about that last, and what I will say is that there's no difference between, eh, I didn't hate that movie. I mean, it was okay. Oh, yeah. So- and... Oh my God, that was the best movie I've ever seen. Both of those get the exact same rating. So there's thumbs up. So there's no thumb sideways thing, right. like an okay, like right. a so so. <laughs> so this is where the star rating system really came in handy because it gave you a, a three star. A three star is, eh, I didn't hate it. Two yeah. star was, I didn't like it. Four star was, yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah. Five star was like, oh my God, that's amazing. Yeah. And it allowed you to filter your feed or, or you know, curate your feed, if you will, uh, based on these kind of titles that you start a certain way. Now I'm getting all kinds of stuff in my feed that because I start up one stand-up comedy show, now it's all of my recommendations are, recommendations are all stand-up comedy shows sure. from 27 sure. different. And I'm like, guys, come on. Yeah. I, so I think we're going to see some modifications. I think there might be a full reversal in going away from this, honestly. Uh, it, it can't sustain itself very long because you're going to run into conflicts of interest with those those two types of different rating systems. Yeah, Netflix is really good about listening to their customers, so we'll see where that goes. Um, also good at listening to their customers would be Amazon, who's trying to play the catch-up game as far as, uh, not like Heinz catch-up, but um, <laughs> the catch-up game as far as pouring money into original content. They are going to be pouring billions, and by billions I mean $4.5 billion into more original content in an attempt to catch up with Netflix, who is dumping $6 billion into all of their stuff. Seems like we're always hearing about a new Netflix show. There's always a billboard about this or this or this or this. Seems like we're not hearing as much about Amazon. And maybe that's their publicity thing, but I'll tell you what. Uh, if they start making uh, good stuff too, the only people that win in that are us, the people that get to watch all of these fun things. Absolutely. And I think if uh, you know, we saw Amazon step up to the plate and write the $50 million check we saw, we yep. talked about last week for yep. NFL. Yep. Watch out. Yep. Jeff Bezos has got a shitload of money. He does. He's the second richest man in the world just behind Bill Gates. And I, I think they're going to, I don't know, they might pull a little bit of an end around here. We'll have to see. Speaking of things I still need to catch up on, let's talk about some video games. Andy, I miss Guitar Hero. Oh, man, I do too. I just I really want to, I, I need to get this out. I need to vent this. I need to rant this a little bit. We talked about this uh, Monday night briefly, but I got to say, what a huge missed opportunity 
Um, I believe it was Activision that that did that, right? Yeah. Uh, what a huge missed opportunity for them to just create the platform that they did and not just continually allow new songs to be added to that library over time as downloadable packs, yeah. in-game, in-app, in-game purchases of sorts, uh, of DLCs and expansions where you could get a new pack of 10 songs from a particular artist or even or even create songs or create your own tab sure. for stuff like the technology is there and that that game was a uh, was like when the Wii hit and like guitar hero was like a phenomenon right yep and and i still to this day will bust out those plastic guitars and play stuff every now and then you let me borrow the newer guitar hero which i didn't like the guitar once i started doing it again i just got back into that groove of like rocking out and yeah and doing that and it was so fun and i'm playing it with my kid every now and then and she's loving it uh, there's, uh, you're right. It's a complete missed opportunity, and I, I miss it too. Yeah, just think of all the. So we got Guitar Hero Metallica. Think mm-hmm. of all the different bands that. You, I mean, what about like Guitar Hero Van Halen? And you could. They made it. They made it. They made it. But it didn't have all the songs. Oh well, I mean that's. I mean, just do a pack of like the top ten Van yeah. Halen songs. Like yeah. Panama and Jump and yep. you know Pound Cake and sure. Hoffa Teacher and all just all of them. God, I just what a missed opportunity. I'm so sad about that. Um, I mentioned Overwatch Uprising, the new expansion. New D, uh, it wasn't really a DLC. They just, it was a content patch. That's yeah. really what it came down to. Um, the reason this is a big deal is while they did fix a bunch of bugs and, and you know modify some heroes, the big deal here is that they introduced, for the first time, PvE content. What's PvE content? Uh, player versus environment oh. is what that stands for. Versus Instead of player versus player, which it's been for the last year. This is interesting because it aligns really nicely with things like strikes in Destiny, okay. dungeons in World of Warcraft, sure. or where you're playing against an AI opponent that has kind of a structure, and the more you defeat it, the better chance you get for better loot on the higher difficulties, all of that stuff, right? Blizzard has this mythic system that scales difficulties in World of Warcraft. So th- this is very familiar territory, and while it is just one strike or one uh, instance, you could say, I can see these coming out for all of the major maps uh, across all of the Overwatch universe right now. So as the person that doesn't play Overwatch as much as you do, yep. I watched you do this 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 new format tonight. Yep. Um, so here's here's the, here's the big difference for me. Instead of you playing against another a bunch of other people like uh, with random people on your team and random people that you're playing against PVP you're exactly you are player versus player so you are now playing with uh, a couple of random people it's a team of four yep. and you're basically fighting bots yep. you're fighting computer characters which yep. in that like Overwatch environment and to me that's very intriguing because one of my big things about Overwatch was like the PVP thing is a little bit tough Granted, I play a lot of other PvP games. It's just different for me. Yep. When I saw that, that immediately intrigued me, and I kind of want to do it. Okay. We'll bring it on. I'll, I'll walk you through it. And right. anybody else that's interested. Um, look, it has different various difficulty levels. It's got a whole lot of new skins. And and while I agree that uh, you know a lot of people criticize it because it's only aesthetic and like vanity items, there's not of... But I like that. It eliminates the micromanagement of all of the little things. While, while you enjoy that in certain games, I don't think it would do well in this game. Chasing a particular gun or a particular shader or skin or yep. anything like that, I think it works really well uh, for, for that. Last thing on Uprising, or on uh, Overwatch, I should say, though, is that according to game director Jeff Kaplan, it's still a no-go for Nintendo Switch. Yeah, there was a rumor earlier this week that like, oh, maybe it'll come to the Switch too. And while that sounded cool, I don't know how they would do it because the Nintendo Switch doesn't even have an online function yet other than going to their shop. But there is no player versus player right. in any of their games. Hopefully it comes out with Mario Kart later this month, but I doubt it will. Well, I mean, 
it would have to have the online component to be able to do that. Uh, so yeah, uh, that's that's kind of the Overwatch overview. If you guys are playing Uprising, uh, hope you enjoy it. Let us know what you think about the the content pack. Uh, definitely want to hear what you guys have to say. Hey, uh, Uncharted, the game that we have raved about and that I finally finished Uncharted 4 recently. Um, they are coming out with a DLC later. It's not even a DLC as much as it is a new piece of content. It's apparently a 10-hour side. referring to it as an expansion. Yeah, it's but it's a 10-hour um, uh, addition to the game. Now, it has nothing to do with Nathan Drake. It has to do with, uh, I believe it's not Chloe, but... Um, um, I can't remember that the, there's two uh, female sort of villains that team up uh, from the from Uncharted three and Uncharted four that are and the, the trailer is great and they're going to do something. We don't see what they're going to do. Um, if you had bought the uh, digital deluxe edition or the super edition that had the Nathan Drake figure, you get this thing for free. If not, this thing is going to cost forty dollars. Yes. Thirty nine ninety nine. What do you think of that? Are you going to pay forty bucks to play ten hours of Uncharted? I don't know about that. Of course, I am. Yeah, but, uh, but you don't have I'm to. I'm not happy about it. Yeah. Um. I I'm pretty sure that I down I paid for the season pass thing. Or I think whatever you did. It was I think you did on the Uncharted Four uh, download. So I I'm gonna. It's, it'll be interesting to see when it comes out. It's, it's slated to come out in. We have, we now have an official release date of yeah. this thing, by yeah. the way, which is uh, August twenty second of this year. Uh, of course, I'm going to play it. Of course, I'm going to buy it. I don't know how I don't know enough about it yet to make an argument for or against it being forty dollars. But that's a lot for an expansion. It, it is, uh, especially with things like uh, some of the sales that are going on. Yeah, uh, recently like you get a full and, Titanfall game for thirty. You know, or a yeah. full Battlefield for thirty. But, but it's uncharted. I know, I know. It's, it's I, the, I, it's, you know, I hear you. But that price point seems a little high to me. If they're saying it's only ten hours. What I am excited about, though, it, what I noticed in the trailer is there wasn't a lot of controversy around gunplay and back and forth and fighting and all that stuff. It's all about story, and that's what those games have always been about. Totally, and uh, what I'm hoping this turns into is a little bit more Tomb Raider and a little less shoot 'em up, okay, kind of stuff. Yeah, I love the puzzles. I love going in and solving these clues of these ancient ruins and all of that. Yeah. Totally hooks me with that stuff, and then it feels like a chore to get to the next one where I have to shoot a bunch of people. I hope that they take this, what is it called, Lost Chapter, Lost lost Legacy yep. is what it's referred to as, and, and I hope they leverage that to be all about puzzles, tomb raiding, and you know finding all of these clues. And if they're never going to make another Uncharted game with Nathan Drake, the fact that you could go back into these certain parts and live in that world again, whether it's with other characters and just get to play around, yep. they could do it forever, and I think that's great. Yeah, I don't think Naughty Dog's done with the Uncharted series no. at no, all. No, no, no. I, I think this is... is this is merely a setback uh, to get Last of Us 2 out, and then uh, I think we're going to see more Uncharted stuff in the near future. Hey, did you um, did you know the console wars are still raging on I in mean, full force? Kind of, but yes, I know where you're going with this, but go ahead. But it has nothing to do with like exclusive titles or anything like that. You know what it's about? What? Which one's got a 4K Ultra HD Blu-ray player? Right. That's it. Yeah, well, that's what it is now because the Project Scorpio that's coming, this new Xbox thing, which we'll hear about soon, which we've been talking about the last couple of weeks, apparently is going to have a 4K HD Blu-ray player in it. Yes. Built in. So your PS4 Pro does not have that function. Your Xbox Scorpio does. So let's say you're, you're a person that bought a 4K TV and you don't want to buy a 4K Blu-ray player yet, but you want to get a 4K Blu-ray player and you also want to get a video game system. Do you remember when the PS3 came out that that was one of the best ways to get a Blu-ray player? Yes. Blu-ray was so new. Yep. 
feels like we're kind of in the same thing, but now we're on the Microsoft side of it. I never bought a Blu-ray player. I actually bought a, a PS4, I was and the, I, I remember I was having way. a conversation with my parents about whether they should get just a little Samsung Blu-ray player or whether they should get a PlayStation for when the kids come over and... You know, it serves a purpose. And PlayStation 2 was one of the first DVD players, yes. if I remember correctly, because yep. that was my first DVD player. Absolutely. It was one of the first ones as well that would actually play burned CDs. Yeah, that's so we right. So uh, we right. could make our own yeah. DVDs yeah. and CDs and play our own music and DVDs there. So, uh, look, I don't think this is going to change anytime soon. I, I'm hearing rumors that the price point for Scorpio is going to be in the $500, $499 kind of range. Yep. Because if you go out and buy a 4K Blu-ray player today, it's about 200 bucks, Or maybe more. Yeah. yeah. At, at least 200 bucks. So if you tack that on to the $299, $399, you're ending up in the $500 price, price range. I got to tell you, man, that's kind of the upper limit of where I'm okay of buying a console. Well, especially a console that you already have. If this was a brand new console that was like, this is the, the Xbox 2, you yeah. know, that'd be different. But this is the Xbox One, but better. Like the PS4 Pro. Like if you don't already have one, here's this. But it also has this. I can't remember the last time I went to the store and bought a Blu-ray. Let me, I, let me say that. I, I know. I, I've read all the reviews and I've read all the information that how amazing 4K Ultra HD looks on discs versus their uh, streaming or downloadable digital sure. counterpart. Sure. It, it, to to unless you're a video file, you're probably it's going to be a negligible difference, but I'm assuming there are some some things that stand out there. That said, I don't know that I'm going to go out and drop $500 in order to have a 4K Blu-ray player. Right. If there was something else that sold this uh, again, we're, we're, this is all speculation again. We don't yeah. know what this is this system is going to be. So Let's stop there and move on to the next thing, which uh, I believe was the fact that Call of Duty is going to have a mobile game. Mm-hmm. So what is is this like a mobile shooter or what? what is this? Do, do you remember the guys that made Candy Crush? Oh, yeah, King. Uh, uh, Acti- King. Yeah, Activision bought them for like some ridiculous amount Activision of money. Activision right? Blizzard bought them for some bajillions of dollars. For more than Star Wars, by the way. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And they, I think they just not only wanted the talent at King, but wanted the Candy Crush property. Well, now those guys, under as as new, the newest members of Activision Blizzard, are going to release a Call of Duty mobile game. That's going to be pretty interesting. So, do you have like a bunch of like blue M16s next to each other, and you got to combine them to make them fall to get another? I'd, sorry, it's a joke. I don't. You know. I'm assuming it's going to be the virtual thumbsticks, yeah, and and buttons to tap on your screen. I don't know how Call of Duty is going to work on a mobile. I don't either. I really I don't. Really don't know how that plays out, and and you know. At, I'm just I'm not that interested to I'm be hoping, honest. I'm hoping they surprise us on that. Yeah. Speaking of limited buttons, uh one of my favorite games of all time and yes it's a sports game was Tecmo Super Bowl. Mm, and that yes. game has lived on in the legend of, you know, the Bo Jackson Tecmo Bowl. We've had car commercials about Tecmo Super Bowl and Lawrence Taylor. Yeah, and and all, and Brian Bosworth and yep. remember those the, the Kia ads that came out this year, right? So uh, there is there is still a group of people that play this game and have a championship for it every year in Madison, Wisconsin. This is Tecmo Bowl Championship 13 happened over this weekend. Uh, 292 entrants play in this thing. They actually play this on old Nintendo systems with CRT TVs, <laughs> and they have a big giant tournament to determine who the best Tecmo Bowl player in the world is. And Joey Gatz... Want it again. Apparently, you could watch the replay of this on Twitch. If nice. you want to go see it, I kind of want to check it out for my own, yeah. uh, my own, just to see how good these guys really are. But yeah, 
that's the last thing I kind of want to talk about in video games that this thing still exists. Um, and I think that might actually lead us into our bigger discussion tonight. Yes. Uh, so it, it kind of uh, leads us into this modern classics kind of thing. That, and a lot of it, while it's nostalgia based, hinges on a few different things. So one of the things, one of the things where I came up with this was, um, as I said last week, I've been driving Lyft, and one of the stations I listen to all the time here in LA is KLOS, yep. which is our classic rock station. And one night I was driving around, and all of a sudden, a Pantera song which, if you don't know, is a heavy metal band from the 90s, arguably the most popular heavy metal band of the last 20 years or so, um, it comes on a classic rock station, mainstream classic rock station, as if it were a Journey or Van Halen or Led Zeppelin song. Right. Pantera. And I didn't really, I didn't really think about this, but when we got to talking about it, that was 1990. Yeah. That's 27 years. Jeez. It's been almost 30 years since that song came out, and it was Cowboys from Hell from yeah. the Pantera album uh, called Cowboys from Hell. Uh, holy smokes. Have we gotten into this era now where we're beginning to see a transition from what we thought were, what we assumed or listened to as the classics now we're looking at things that are becoming the more modern classics of this era that right. we're in today. Let's let's okay. So when we, you and I are both forty, basically, yes, right, and we are we are uh, we have twelve year old brains, um, <laughs> giant man child, <laughs> pretty much. So when we were growing up in the eighties and nineties, uh, classic rock to us was Doors, Led Zeppelin, things that came out in the sixties and seventies, yep. roughly around the same timeline. So roughly around twenty to thirty years before, sure. whatever. Um, now, if you take that exact math and you put it into now what you were just saying, uh, those classic things from the nineties are now 30 years old. Yes. That's crazy. Well, if we, if we stick with the format of the show and everything, what are some of the great, uh, TV shows of the last 20 to 30 years, as you just said, that you would lump in as with 20, let's, let's kind of put a theme on this in the sense of what 20 years from now what are people going to go back and watch and consider to be absolute classics cult or not yeah uh, of the th- great TV content uh, from from years of years of your yeah so like when, okay so TV perfect example of that when we were growing up like I watched uh, 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 the old Batman show from yep. 1966 that show is now 50 years old um, <laughs> okay. watched Brady Bunch reruns watched yes. Hogan's Heroes reruns like watched a lot of that stuff and that was like that was classic TV at the time so yeah your question is what's going to be classic TV soon yeah so of the things that we have watched in the last say let's say 10 years right. So what is it like? Uh, Breaking Bad? What comes to mind? Absolutely, uh, Mad Men. Sure, Walking Dead. Walking uh, Dead is a good one. Game yeah. of Thrones will be a classic. Battlestar Galactica will be a classic. Uh, you got to Fire- put Firefly in there. Yeah, Firefly. Say Battlestar. And, and and arguably those things already are. But if like things that are happening right now, like I I think like Big Bang Theory will probably have like a oh like that's a long an interesting life, one right okay, don't you yeah. think? Um, what else? Uh, well, the- I just recently finished doing a full viewing of The Shield, the yeah, entire series, exactly. and that was started in like 2001. Sure. Uh, literally, I think the fir- the pilot went out uh, shortly after 9-11 happened in 2001. Sure. 24 probably could be put in that category. Sure. Oh, man. You know? That's a good one. Yeah. Um, Arrested Development. Uh, a lot of these shows that like uh, that are recent will end up being classics. Um, the thing that, uh, that, that really interests me more would be the movie side of things yes. because we live in a time where like when we grew up, you know, American movie classics or Turner classic movies were all black and white movies and 
Casablanca and Citizen Kane and things from the 60s and 70s. But now, if you watch those channels, which sometimes you don't have channels because of the way the cord cutting world is going, we'll get into that in a minute. But now movies like Die Hard from 1988, (laughs) which is now almost, get this, 40, no, what would that be, 30 years old? Yeah, next year, Yeah, it'd be almost 30 years old. Um, uh, and is arguably the yeah. template for every action sure. movie after Predator it. is 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 an American movie classic. Oh, yeah. Shawshank Redemption is an American movie classic. So like all those shows or movies that were on like that like when you're watching TBS or TNT like those old movies like oh yeah that's on you just you can't help but keep watching it or the James Bond marathon or the oh. Indiana Jones marathon or the Star Wars marathon that they do like on like Memorial Day and all that sort of stuff. Those are the classics. So I guess the question becomes. What are going to be the classics, like you said, 20 years from now? What are the things that have come out in the last, say, well, 10 years? Let's have fun with this and break yeah, this down by, yeah. by genre, okay. if we will. All right, um, all right. and so, of course, we have to start with, like, geek movies. Sure. So let's let's label that as, like, anything sci-fi, fantasy sort of stuff. Uh, immediately, I'm going to say Lord of the Rings. You're absolutely right. That's going to stand the test of time. I, I think uh, 20 years from now, I'll still be watching the extended editions marathon with my dad at the end of uh, at Christmas, at the end of sure. every year. Um, one of the outliers that I think might become a super cult classic, and this might surprise some people, uh, Edge of Tomorrow. Yes, the Tom Cruise movie. Yep. Yes, I agree. I, with I you. think the the way that they laid that out with time travel, with uh, uh, mind melding, with all of that stuff that comes along with that, um, I'd be remiss if I didn't say The Matrix. Yes, that's uh, you're as absolutely a, right. As a potential sci fi right. classic yeah, that will be watched right. forever. Um, what about you? What do you think about some of the geek films? Uh, Children of Men comes to mind is like one of those movies that that is it's it's geeky. It's not as sci fi as like you know like lasers and stuff, but there's like a Blade Runner element to it that I think will will. Wasn't that about just like a, a chick having a baby? Yeah, but that, it was that movie. Uh, but it was like the last human baby, and yeah, uh, and uh, it was a thing. <laughs> um. What else? Uh, well, we like, had a new Mad Max, and as classic as the old Mad Max films are to us. I'm wondering if that one with Tom Hardy and Charlize Theron will stand up 20 years from now as a modern classic. I feel like it will. And then, like, if you say it's a a, 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 a take on other characters, I mean, obviously the Nolan Batman trilogy will stay, oh. will, will go forever. Absolutely. Um, because right now, according to our timeline, the Michael Keaton Batman is a classic of now. Course. But uh, uh, what else? Like, all the Marvel movies will be classics at some point. Now, these are all based on on existing characters. So I guess it's tough for us to try and extrapolate out of like what are going to be sort of like the new things. And we live in this sort of like reboot kind of world. So yeah. I guess we probably should talk about like, uh, how does that, how, so yeah, we do kind of, that's a great point. We do exist in this era of, of reboots right now where a lot of those, what we considered classics or we consider yeah. our favorite films, right. Are, are now being rebooted into some, dare I say, bastardization of, of its original content. Sure. Do those films become the modern classics twenty years from now, or do you think people still watch the originals and and cons- and treat those as the actual classics? I think it's uh, I think it's a double edged sword there yeah. because there weren't there weren't reboots of the classics that we grew up with. We grew up with all the classics when they were you know new. You know, like what happens if somebody, dare I say it, reboots Jaws? I hope that never happens. Well, Scarface technically was a, a reboot. Sure. You know, you can make that argument. There were several that, uh, that, but I mean, the amount of original properties that like Orion and, and Kassar and yeah. all of those guys that pumped out in the 80s and 90s were just, 
I, I don't know that, that we're going to live through something that amazing again. Like we're still making Aliens movies. We're still making Terminator movies. We're still making, you know, the, the, those characters. Uh, we say that Aliens is the classic, but there's Alien Covenant coming that somebody yeah. else that's, you know, a teenager now might say that that's the classic and that Aliens is the is the Citizen Kane of, uh, I don't know. Well, I, the, the new Alien Covenant might, or the new trilogy sure. that uh, Ridley's apparently working on could introduce somebody to the Aliens universe and then they go back and watch all five, four or five sure. of the other ones, right. if you include Prometheus. so look, uh, at, look at what we're talking about with Star Wars. So Force Awakens, which came out two years ago, is going to be a classic at some point, but then the original Star Wars trilogy is going to be a classic classic? Like, how does that work? <laughs> I don't know that that's pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, moving on, moving genres, uh, let's talk about some comedies. Okay. Comedies, to me, are, other than action and like sci-fi stuff, they're arguably the most culty in a sense people latch on to real those. quick though the superhero movie thing and we mentioned the we mentioned yes. the, the, but all the marvel stuff that's happening now is going to be classic Absolutely. at some point right and, and, along with the reboot era i would say we're kind of in the comic book era right now with these live action comic yeah. uh tentpole film yeah. and, you know just these these big budget pieces yeah, that's a that's a really good point. I think absolutely Marvel stands the test there. If I had to pick a bunch of comedies that jump out at me, uh, for me the one that uh, that I still quote to this day, and a lot of people still quote, I think Anchorman is like one of the big ones. Probably okay. Austin, Austin Powers, the the first one only, maybe the second one. Um, I, I feel like those kind of stand the, the test of time. You don't like Goldfinger? <laughs> no, Goldmember. Yeah. Goldmember. It was terrible. I was smoking a pancake. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> for me, <laughs> I have a b- really big soft spot for the early Adam Sandler movies. Oh like yeah, Billy Madison, Happy yeah. Gilmore. Yeah, uh, that those to me, I think, are going to stick around for a long time. In the same vein as like a Clerks and Mallrats. Yeah, I think those oh, okay. will stick around as yeah. like cult, cult funny kind of movies. Twenty years from now, I think people will still be watching those. So the, okay, so the, here's here's one. So like there there were a number of comedies that came out um, in the mid two thousands that maybe you thought were funny and maybe I didn't or maybe I didn't think they were funny. Like the big ones were like Super Bad, Team America, like all the, yeah, Team America's one, like the South Park movie, South oh, Park, yeah. South Park as a TV show. We we already skipped TV shows, but our past TV shows that's going to be a classic. Um, but yeah, like uh, the the Team America stuff. Like I I think like Super Bad will be like a will be a thing. Maybe I uh, love that film. Maybe I, I still think it's the best thing Jonah Hill ever did. Maybe the yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. Maybe um some of the other Apatow stuff like Forty Year Old Virgin. Or, I think Forty Year Old Virgin or, will be a good one. Yeah, or Knocked Up or Pineapple Express. That wasn't Apatow, but like, I don't know. Like, Pineapple Express already does kind of have a weird cult following uh, of people that mostly stoners that. Because it's 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 a movie very loosely based around weed and and that culture, but sure. Okay, so okay, let's take a step back. So yeah. like when we grew up, what were the comedies from like when? Okay, so like Animal House, yes. uh, 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 Caddyshack, like those. Like we weren't old enough to understand that, but then as we got older, we we started the Beverly it. Hills oh, Cop movies. Yeah, like that stuff was yeah. like that was a thing. Like oh, Forty Eight Hours movies. Sure, for us, uh, B- uh, Big Lebowski's a big one. Oh, huge. That'll yes. that'll probably last forever. Uh, there's the Hangover series. Yeah, and that, I wasn't uh, a fan the, of them, but that's gonna go. That, yeah. That, they're fine uh you know they if you watch them as one giant film uh they, it works a lot better rather than doing it i mean the first one was fantastic second and third one were a little eh, on their own but as one giant story it's actually it's a lot of fun maybe wedding crashers because people could relate to that kind of like <laughs> crashing a wedding kind of thing maybe I, I don't like owen wilson but i love vince vaughn enough to move on from my dislike of owen wilson maybe the rush hour movies is that possible i know kind that's of. i mean that's oh i forgot one from uh from sci-fi and fantasy oh i know what you're thinking of 
Which one? Fifth Element? Yes, yeah, sir. Yeah. God, get out of my head. We're about to we're about to see Fifth Element 2 in Valerian, but um, yeah. <laughs> so there's another genre that I'll just say one of them, and then I'm going to let you go off Okay. On. You know I'm not the biggest horror movie guy. Sure. I, I don't like to be scared too much. Yep. Uh, the horror classics for us growing up were Halloween and The Shining and Diver Exorcist and all of those. Um, yeah. Um, so for me, the the horror genre, if I had to look at it, uh, the, the classics might be Scream. Ooh, yes. That's but, a good one. But is that a classic based on a classic classic? Because it's based on the old sort of like horror formula. But where the horror formula has kind of changed now with this whole like found footage thing, right? Yeah. Like that's like your bread and butter. You sure. love that stuff. Oh, like, absolutely. So for me, if if we're drawing the line in the sand at like the 30 year mark, let's say 1990 and, and beyond. So Jurassic Park then. Well, okay, sure. Uh, the seven yeah. falls into the horror and thriller sure. category. Um, uh, Absolutely, the found footage stuff, the paranormal activity movies. Blair Witch is going to be a is going to stand the true test of time. I can't believe they tried to reboot that thing, um, but the 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 original one from two thousand or ninety nine. Ninety nine, yeah. Um, was it, it set the stage for the next ten years of of really those found footage, and I still have a huge weak spot for those. It's one of the few things that still make the hairs stand up on the back of my neck and on yeah. my forearms. Yep. Um, what else? I think there's good. There, we've had a lot of good indie horror movies come out, especially in the last ten years. Uh, we had The Witch from last year, which was a great indie horror movie. Uh, uh, the Green Room, which was also from the last couple of years. I could see Cabin in the Woods, maybe. Cabin in the Woods is absolutely going to be an, a cult classic that stands at, just because of the ending. I mean, it sets up this kind of crazy, just normalcy. Uh, around a horror movie but then the ending just you flip a table over and it just goes crazy um dramas are an interesting one where um if i start to think about the last 20 to 30 years of what people will still be watching 20 years from now that's tricky i start to draw a little bit of a blank because we we it's a lot of sci-fi and fantasy it's a lot of comic book hero tent poles what are the big dramas of let's just say like the last 10 to 15 years that you think will stand the test of time. So let's look at some of the best picture winners. Let's just start like rattling sure. them off off the top of my head. Like 12 Years a Slave. I don't know. Is that going to be yeah. a classic? I, I, uh, historically, maybe. Departed, maybe. I think Departed might. Crash won't be. No, I don't think so. The Artist won't be. Uh, Gangs of New York comes to mind yeah, uh, as a Scorsese classic. Um, like La La Land or or Moonlight. Will those movies like be classics someday? Well, we recapped our, the other the classics from before. So the ones that we consider near and dear are like The Goodfellas, The Godfather's Casino. If you, yeah. if you, it's it's still like 95. And, and, well, you Godfather's know. in the 70s, but yeah, sure. the Rockies are in the 70s. I yeah. mean... I don't know. Like, okay, so here's 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 Scarface the, is sure. another example. So, there. okay, so here's a perfect example. So, yeah. like, if we take the '80s, right, and we say the classics are all based around like three guys. It's like Stallone, Bruce Willis, Schwarzenegger. Like, the, those are the the classics as far as like the geek like action movies. And then it yeah. went to like a a superhero version. So, who are the new sort of movie stars that will create classics? So, like, the big movie stars now are. Uh, the Rock, or uh, like the leading men are like Clooney. Like think of like a Clooney movie that will be like Go Forever, Three Kings, maybe, maybe or the Ocean's Eleven movies. That's a remake. But- I, I think the Ocean's movies will stand up. Um, I don't know if Clooney is still in there. I I think you nailed it with The Rock. 
Um, I Brad think Pitt's a big one. I mean, like, what I mean, are the Tom bro- Hanks has had a few movies that throw Castaway in there yeah. as like a drama. That Tom Cruise, even some yeah. of the newer Tom Cruise stuff, or the Mission Impossible movies, going to be, like stand sure. up. But again, that's a based on a, an older property. But absolutely. But like Jack Reacher, again, based on something else. Yeah, this is where we're drama getting. sucks, right? Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> in a sense, those it, are all hard to pick movies. them out. So, uh, No Country for Old Men comes to mind. Anything with Daniel Day Lewis in it yeah. uh, kind of has yeah. me. Yeah. So yeah. Gangs of New York, There yeah. Will Be Blood, yeah. even Lincoln as as a miserable bore of that film is. It's amazing to watch him act that role. Out. So is a lot of that based on the story, or is a lot of that based on the performance of actors? And and again and again, the classics are classics because the performance is sometimes, but for the most part, the classics that we grew up with, the, the classics that we grew up with that are now classics now are all based on um, story and like you know like E. T. is a classic because it was this big like thing. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's 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 an interesting. Well, I think one. we went through this interesting era of the '80s where it was, and partially the '90s where it was based on the movie star. I'm gonna go see the next Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. I'm gonna go see the next Bruce Willis movie. Yeah, and I think through the late '90s and the mid 2000s, we went through this era where they were kind of phasing out a little bit. Yeah, and it was more about the film and the content than it was about who was in it. And we had this uprising of the. The Jennifer Lawrences and the the new the the uh, Bradley Coopers, the yeah. newer char- characters and, and actors that were that were popping up, and I think we're now coming back almost full circle around to where we're going to get into that lull again, where it might not be specifically about the next actor that uh, now that they've it's, risen to stardom as they are. Yeah, it might be like story property, like Harry Potter. The all that Harry Potter stuff is going to be oh, classic God, forever. I didn't, think about I that didn't either until just now. The Hunger Games stuff is probably going to last yeah. forever. We talked about Nolan. I don't know if Inception will last forever. Just because of the whole like thinking man thing, I don't know if that's going to go. But uh, I think he'll go down as one of the greater directors of this of era, and I think people will revisit his his works, works. similar to a Hitchcock or a Kubrick. Yeah, yeah I agree with that because uh, I think he he brings an interesting. You know, we could talk about Christopher Nolan and his style all day, but I, I, that's kind of what I think about him. I don't like everything he's done, um, but I, I think there are certain movie stars that generate cult classics. I think Guy Pierce is an interesting uh, actor in yep. the sense of the different roles that he does, and he brings different characters to life. Yeah. Not that those films are all f- great films, but I think people will revisit him and his work, you know much the, like Nolan. You know what the best part about this is? Is that this show is, is, is while it's just you and I talking, it's yeah. somewhat interactive because all of you people listening can be like, I can't believe you forgot. Please tell us which ones you, yes. you think we forgot of. So there's one other thing that we talk about on this show that also has classics, yes. and that's video games. This is a different kind of animal here. What are gonna so all, all the time we play the virtual console and we play go back and play Mario's and you know Zelda's and all of the older content from thirty ish years ago, and that's all Nintendo based. Sure. So sometimes like they'll do reboots and like play Resident Evil One again, yeah. or play uh, Crash Bandicoot on you know in the middle of Uncharted, yeah. or go play the original Halo, or go play. You know what I mean? Well, let's apply the same template to what we were talking about with TV okay, and movies okay, okay. to video games. Yeah. What are going to be the games that people twenty years from now go back and revisit? Really interesting um, question. And, and go back and like the, whatever virtual console magic thing is in your TV that allows you to play old games. What are the games of today of like the last 10 years that people are going to play 20 years from now? Okay, I think that's a tricky thing because um, when we talk about virtual, like we talk about like a Super Mario Brothers or original Zelda or an original Metroid or all of those things, that's an easy thing to just pick up and do like a side-scrolling thing. Where video games now are very much like a big, long the the ones that are the ones that are successful and the ones that will that we would argue would stand the test of time are usually like a fifty to sixty hour investment. Yep. You know, um, so that's a tricky question. 
the games that I would play 20 years from now, I would probably revisit the Uncharted series, maybe. I think that's a good one. I think you could just... Just, like, a, you would, just like you would revisit Indiana Jones? Anything that has a good story. Yeah. I think you could throw in there. So Last of Us, I mean, the Naughty Dog games, Uncharted and Last of Us, absolutely. Yeah. It's not like you're going to go play Madden 97, <laughs> you no, know, or Call of really. Duty 1. You know, like, it's, there's a... There's You're a, telling me you wouldn't play NHL '95 if I hooked up the Genesis? I, play, I absolutely would, <laughs> yeah. but but um, yes, that's that's a different thing. Yeah, <laughs> but you know what I mean. Uh, the, I think it's hard to do this because of the nostalgia versus value kind of conversation. Video games is a little different. Yeah, I think for video games we do play them a lot for nostalgia. Yeah. They, it's a revisiting of of what you played as a kid. Uh, and seeing, hey, how much easier that is now that we've got things like crazy World of Warcraft sure. and super in-depth things. Um, I, I, for me, as far as video games, I don't know if Call of Duty is going to do it. Um, it's obviously one of the best-selling games of all time. It's it's had five or six different iterations of content come out. But I don't know that 20 years from now people will play that game anymore. Okay, you being who you are, let me ask you this question. Yeah. Would you go back 20 years from now and play Warcraft again? Sure. From the beginning. Sure. And create a character if that was even possible, which it won't be, but like just to just to live in that world again, that's really interesting. Um I think I would do it for an hour or two. Yeah. I don't know that I would invest weeks and months and arguably years. And why would you? Because there'd be something else new that you could do. But sure. it would be fun to just be like, Oh, I'm gonna go create a guy and like, oh, that was fun when I did that thing. If EA released a remastered version of the first three Mass Effect games. Which I can't believe they haven't, but yeah on PlayStation, I'd buy them tomorrow and I'd quit playing Andromeda and I'd play through the first three again first for whatever reason. But I love revisiting old content that I may have forgotten or lost. Yeah. That was one that'd be one of the reasons that I would go back and play older games twenty years from now. And it has everything to do with story, not too much to do with actual gameplay. I guess if if I was trying oh, this is a really interesting topic, but um if I was to the, the way that we consume it is a little different now. Here's what I mean by this. So when we grew up, we would watch like TV land or we would watch, you know, reruns on a local TV channel and you would see the Brady Bunch and the Brady Bunch would be on a four and Mork and Mindy would be on at this time. Right. And then New Heart would be on at this time. You would just, you would, because you'd be in front of a TV, you would watch that. The style of consumption is obviously different now and will be much different. We can't even figure out what it will be in the future. Right. But if you, if you take it now, um, like if, if I was to introduce something to my kids today and be like, you know what? You need to watch Knight Rider. You need to watch MacGyver. You need to watch like whatever it would be. Yeah. Um, the, the consumption is different. I don't have to wait for that show to show up at 4 PM on this like channel seven, right? Uh, you can go to Netflix. You can go to these things and like, you can just find them. Well, usually we would stumble across certain things right. while channel surfing. Yes. We'd hit USA or TBS sure. or TCM or AMC. And it's cartoons as well, but yeah, go ahead. And, and all of these would uh, just be showing on regular cable channels, and it's one of those things where it might be 30 minutes into it already, but you can't turn it off. you got to keep watching it. And I think you're, you've got a great point here where I think I think cable's going to go away one day. Yeah. I think it's going to be replaced by the all these live and online subscription-based services um, but I think there's still going to be an element of revisiting old content there that's outside the scope of something like simple channel surfing. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be an intentional revisit of older content that is going to be enabled by these streaming services. Because it's already there Because today. it's all available. You don't have to wait for it to show up. Like, that's what I'm getting at. So it doesn't show up at a certain time. Like, for instance, 20 years from now, you're like, I wonder what it was like to be the president back in the old days. Oh, uh, well, it's a show called West Wing. You yeah. know, you can go do that. 
or uh, I wonder what was like life was like in the '90s for like like comedic funny people. Oh, let's watch Seinfeld. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting. We could talk about this for hours, but uh, but I, we can't. <laughs> so uh, I guess uh, that's it. It, it. Like as we get older and we when we kind of see what the classics are and what the classics might be that was kind of fun to actually kind of chat about a little bit yeah and it's funny that it was all spurred by hearing a song on the radio yeah and eventually realizing we, that it was 30 freaking years old yeah and i guess the moral of the story is get off my lawn <laughs> well hey what do we got for fun stuff this week man well we were talking about movies um apparently adam sandler who had a couple of classics in one of our earlier uh-huh. lists uh one of his <laughs> the only other two <laughs> the only two movies he made that people actually liked uh billy madison and happy gilmore um, he's made a bajillion movies. They even made like a funny South Park joke about Adam Sandler with a thing. Like, remember that South Park episode? Yes. <laughs> Anyways, uh, he uh, apparently his kids don't even like his movies. What? Yeah. Uh, they they will watch 20 minutes of them and then kind of tune out. And it's not it's not that like Adam Sandler's come out and said this. He's aware like he's aware of this. Like Adam Sandler doesn't go away ever like yeah. i'm driving you've probably seen these billboards as you're driving around and you see this one with him with like these weird like uh glasses on and it says sandy wexler uh april 14th on netflix i'm like what is sandy wexler and you go and you look it up and he plays like this old like talent wrangler and he's like he kind of talked in the in the in the in the bobby boucher voice and meh. and then like it's a it's a whole thing it's it's gonna be on netflix in two days dude uh. and it's a movie and so yeah people don't like adam sandler movies his kids don't like adam sandler movies so that will lead us to the lightning round all right here we go so besides uh, Happy Gilmore and, and, and uh, Billy Madison, the only two good Adam Sandler movies, how many other Adam Sandler movies can oh, you name? God. Go. This, this is uh, uh, 51st Dates. That's the first one I thought of. And probably uh, Spanglish. <laughs> yeah. Click. Yeah. Uh, there was the, what was the one where he was? Uh, Pixels. The, yeah. Pi- oh, it's terrible. Uh, uh, what was the one where he was a girl? To- All Jack- of these are freaking yeah, terrible, Jack by and way. Jill. Uh, he did uh, uh, Big Daddy with uh, Scuba Steve. Remember that? Big da- I actually like Big yeah, Daddy. Uh, you still- said Waterboy yeah, earlier. Yeah. I yeah. Think uh, that one. Uh, uh, oh, God. What else? Um, what was the one where he was like the, the cobbler? It was like he was like a shoemaker or something. I think it was called the cobbler. And then he did the, what was the, the he did a couple of bad Netflix. He did the don't do, what was the Netflix one? I have no idea. This is like the worst lightning round ever, but still kind of funny too. Uh, what was the one? Uh, uh, not Fifty First Dates. Uh, uh, what was the? My brother worked on a bunch of these. Oh, don't mess with the Zoltan. Remember that thing where he was? Huh? Like, remember that he was the he was the Israeli guy that was also a hairdresser. I don't remember that at all. Uh, there was. Uh, I'm so glad I don't. Uh, what else was there? Um, I think we're out of. No, there was the one where he was with uh, Jennifer Lawrence. Uh, Grown Ups. Oh, is, uh, is yeah, one. yeah. There was uh, a- and the. The sequel was arguably better than the first one. Run-ups too. Yeah, there yeah. was uh, little Nicky. Remember when he did like the, he was like a vampire kid I, or something. I kind of like that one. And then there was uh, the 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 oh Mr. Deeds. Oh yeah, that was the other Nicholson. one. Him and Nicholson. Yeah, yes. yeah. I forgot about that one. Where he had the the black foot and uh, he was <laughs> trying to just uh, they kept smashing his foot with the damn uh, the thing. Uh, he did the animated uh, Hotel Transylvania stuff, right? There's one called That's My Boy. Oh yeah, with him and uh, with him and Al Pacino. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that happened. It's so bad. Uh, we cannot forget uh, Deuce Bigelow. Uh, but I think was, he was, was in. He might have produced that. Uh, that was uh, that was. Uh, oh, that's that, right. That was a uh, Rob that Schneider was still vehicle. His, uh, what do they call the Happy Gilmore Productions? Or? Yeah, Happy Madison. Happy Madison. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, yeah, that's uh, <sighs> there. It is. Oh, I know. I'm going to close <laughs> this out with one final one. Okay, because I actually really enjoyed this movie. Jack Nicholson. 
Anger management. Oh, yeah. No, Mr. Deeds was not with Jack Nelson. That was with uh, John Turturro. You're right. Anger yes. management. Yes. Anger Sorry, management, uh, I actually thought yeah, was... that was, was fun. Not bad. That was fun. Uh, that was a lot of fun, even though it was... Those are all horrible movies, and you guys should not watch any of them, really. Well, to close things out, we got a new review this week, Andy. I wanted to give a shout-out to BS937. Oh. Sounds like a Transformer robot name, but... Uh, okay. Uh, funny, informative takes from dudes who know their stuff. Oh, that's that's pretty awesome. Thank you very much. Uh, this is a great podcast for any fan of gaming, genre, movies, comic books, what have you. A breezy, funny roundup of news and opinion. Andy and Nick clearly are passionate about this stuff, and their easy rapport makes for delightful. Yeah, I said it. Delightful listening. Highly recommended. Thank you very much, BS937. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Thank you so much. Love hearing the reviews like that. Guys, if you have any questions for us, uh, leave your reviews on the iTunes store uh, or send us a tweet. You can find me over at Data Center Dude on Twitter. And you can find me at AndyNelson76 also on Twitter. I want to know what classics you think of yes. that we left out. Uh, because I'm sure there's a bunch of them. Please don't tweet and drive. I yeah. know a lot of you listen to <laughs> yeah. this while you're driving, but yeah. pull over and send us your enraging comments of, I can't believe you forgot yeah. about. We want to know. Fill in the blank. We want to know. Uh, yeah. And, and uh, go ahead and direct message us. Leave us reviews, all that stuff. Um, <laughs> if you want to find me, like I said, I'll, I'll probably be in a, a brain dump overload from seeing Fate and the Furious this weekend. We'll oh, see. and you'll be just swimming in hockey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, guys. Well, that's going to do it for us this week. We will see you next time. Later. Bye. This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out. OrbitalJigsaw.com.